Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district wide. Online, in app, or in person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. It's a little while between drinks and the T20 World Cup, but we're here. It is special. It's possibly the most special thing that's ever been created. It's the Ashes Preview Podcast. I am Rob. This is Rich. Welcome to the podcast. How are we, Rich? I'm good, Rob. Happy uh, happy Ashes Eve. You ready? Oh, mate. This is the best thing about living in New Zealand, mate. The Ashes are on in Australia and I'll watch it at midday. Ah, shut up. Shut up. I've already, I, I tried to stay up late and I tried to intentionally not sleep very well last night just so I can be ready. My body is ready now to be staying up at midnight to watch some cricket. So we're going uh, We're going nocturnal for a little while. You're going to have to, mate. And it, it's. I'm going to start you off with this question. What Ooh. does, because we saw so much of it, England playing New Zealand, England playing mm-hmm. India, and everyone's already looking forward to the Ashes, looking forward to the Ashes. What does yep. it mean? Why? Why are the Ashes so big to England? Like, it's it's ingrained into us, isn't it? I think it is. I think it's just growing up watching it. There's always more emphasis on it, especially it started for me, obviously, in the English summer of Ashes series. You know, Darren Goff running in. It's that first day, isn't it? You know, getting Australia down by 80-odd for about eight or nine and then them recovering to 130-odd all out or whatever and thinking, we've got a chance. And then they go and absolutely just demolish us. Um, so it's, it's one of those, isn't it? You always felt like it was a little bit behind when we were growing up with English cricket. But then you start seeing the winter stuff, don't you? And it's just staying up all night. It's, it's a history before that as well. There's always those stories, isn't there? Whether it's Botham's Ashes or Bob yeah. Willis or as we go through more and more. And then it's getting out there yourself, isn't it? And visiting and watching these, watching some of these games in Australia. Um, it's just, it's the rivalry with the fans as well. I say, I mean, the players give it all the go. Glenn McGrath is going to give us his 5-0 if he hasn't already. I need to he know has. if he's given us he a 5-0. Excellent. Well done, Glenn. Love you. 
Um, one of my heroes, love that. Um, but yeah, it's the fans as well, isn't it? It's the stick that you give each other. It's a little bit feral sometimes in the stadiums, got to be said. Um, but there's a lot of love there as well, isn't there? But there's a love to hate as well. Um, but it's going to be really interesting before we get stuck into it. This year is going to be so interesting because you think no English travelling fans, but there's a lot of expats. There's a lot of expats. So it, it, I think there's going to be a hell of a lot more England fans in those stadiums than uh, that we initially think. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. Even in Sri Lanka, remember, there was that one guy in the crowd. No one's allowed in the country. <laughs> yeah. He's still the one Englishman in the well, crowd. Well, he stayed in, didn't he? That, mate. <laughs> yeah, he stayed in. He was like, I will watch a test match here. So he picked <laughs> a good country, though. Probably sleep for about 10 pence a night somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it is huge. It has been said it's going to be 5 0. Ed Cowan was on the Grey Cricket podcast the other day Ooh. and said, if any Aussie ever says that it's not 5 0, he probably won't be allowed to be Australian anymore. Mm. So it's kind of ingrained in culture. Oh, nowadays that they come out with a 5-0. Mate, the Christmas trees are up. It's pantomime season over here. It's Aussie <laughs> players saying it's going to be 5-0. It's ashes. This <laughs> it's, is what it's we expect. Season. It's ashes exactly. season. So it, it's awesome. It's awesome. It is yes. super exciting. It is like Christmas mm. come a little bit early. Test matches mm-hmm. starting on a Wednesday for some random reason, Rich. And England trying to win the urn in Australia. It's happened yep. twice in my lifetime, but mm-hmm. once I was one. Um, but once that was meaningful. Oh, well, I mean, it's always meaningful. 10-11. <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't look back fondly on the Chris Tremler ashes? Oh. So, I mean, big was, guys. Uh, it, was the, it was the big guy winter. So, it, it was the big guy winter. But he, he, one, he was a meathead, and everyone <laughs> loves a meathead for some reason. Um, but two, it was special. And oh, big time, it mate. feels a long time. You know, you're talking 11 mm. years oh, don't. since Stop it. we've triumphed over there and since then we've gone and played 10 test matches rich we've lost nine and mm. drew one yeah well that was kind of the form before 10 11 as well wasn't it yeah i think i was over there i forget the year was it 06 07 or 56 i can't remember which one it was but we went over there with the old liam plunkett not the not the reborn liam plunkett we saw later in his career uh sajid mahmood not sakib sajid mahmood yeah. and others and it was that series where harmison hit second slip first ball of the series <laughs> so if england are bowling I will still be terrified for that first ball of the series. However, 10-11, yes, I, we were there. My, my partner, we were there. We travelled around for that year, uh, spent a year over there, and we watched all the test matches. Well, sorry, we didn't go to the first test, but we saw the rest of them. And the Gabba was just sensational. It really was. Walking over that bridge every morning, all five days, from uh, New Farm, where was it? I can't remember the place we was living, around there, over the bridge, to the Woolen Gabba. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Being called every name you could possibly imagine by the Aussies. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Absolutely loved it. It was it's just a, just one of the best best times you could possibly have watching cricket. Um, great series overall. And it ended with that perfect moment of Tremlett bowling to Michael Beer, that Australian spinning legend. And they must have gone through about 17 spinners that season. But it was just a case of Tremlett bowling, coming in to bowl, Beer waiting. And then he cleaned him up. And that was the end of the game. End of the series, 3-1 to England. What a perfect way to commentate. I was almost up there with the old uh, batsman's holding the uh, bowlers. Uh, <laughs> the other bloke. Mm. Oh, I, I like it, mate. I like it. It, it yeah. is special. It's the only time, I, like I said, I can remember it happening. Last time we was out there mm. was when Australia regained the Ashes. They won 4-0. Mm. Absolutely. Really wiped mm. the floor with us quite badly. And, you know, you can look at that for a few different ways. But generally, going to Australia, you've got to score runs. If you've not got any runs on the board, mm. you're not going to win games of cricket on pretty decent decks to bat on around yeah. the world, especially when you're coming from English county cricket and green tops and club cricket. It's um, it's a completely mm. different world. So 
that's where Australia were. Then they came mm. over to England 2019. Incredible series. One of the, right up there probably with 2005 in terms of high-quality mm. home Ashes series cricket, the Ben Stokes moment at Headingley, which I think I've watched about eight times now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's quite remarkable. But I think what that showed was, one, this England team is getting better, and two, England are very good at home. But three, there's mm. not too much to pick between the two teams when you really get down to it Mm. is if they perform in their home environments they're going to win it makes them no different to most teams in test cricket but can they go Mm. and do it on a cold night in Stoke Ridge can they go and do it at the Gabba Tin Paint indeed indeed do you win the toss do you bat first do you have a ball first what do you do NASA um, it's all those things, isn't it? It's all about that home knowledge, isn't it? It's about the conditions. It's about getting the Caraders over there, or otherwise known as groundsmen. Um, we'll, we will be explaining some of these ridiculous terms that the Aussies do. You know, it's not sundries, lads. It's extras. Um, so, And also, they put the score the wrong way around. You know, the wickets and the score, it's the wrong yep. way around. It's like you're looking for a mirror. It's just, just you know, yeah, we'll, we'll try and help them out. 222. <laughs> oh Richie, oh Richie. Um, but yes, I, I completely got distracted then. But yes, just bring it on, mate. I'm ready. Just bring it on. So I, I mentioned the Gabba, <laughs> and it's a fortress, or was a fortress, that has been severely breached this year by India. Even what after happened at Tim the pain said what, what happened at the Gabba this year? Oh well, Australia came second in a deciding Test match against India after Tim Payne behind the stumps was. Oh, mate, you wait till we see you at the Gabba. <laughs> well, you went to the Gabba, Tim. You came second, and unfortunately, you're not going to be at the Gabba for the Ashes. Ooh, awkward, awkward. I, it, is this a good moment to just quickly jump into the Tim Payne? We probably had it for a little bit further down the road, but is it probably a good time to just get the elephant out of the room, put the mobile phones down, and maybe, you know, just cover that little incident yep I did a little incident um it, it is I mean I, I've not seen the pictures it might have been a bigger incident I don't know <laughs> I've not seen the right. pictures I haven't gone searching for it um <laughs> I don't know where I stand on this so everyone knows what's gone on Tim Payne <laughs> is no longer captain of Australia he's been forced into a position where he's stepped down he's taken an indefinite step away from test cricket may never play test cricket again it's not like he was there for being a high quality batsman he was being there for all-round good kind of sort of a bloke that's going to lead this team forward uh, in a in an Amazon Prime documentary. But <laughs> before the Australia thing happened, there was something went on with a cricket Tasmania female employee, employee and there was allegations and um, that thing where you dob someone in, where you go, I'm going to report you. So he got reported for it. And mm-hmm. apparently... From what I've been reading and listening to Robert Key, who is the oracle oh. of all truth, Robert Key, with, who yep. looks really good yep. in glasses, actually, they suit him. He does. He, he, he never got found guilty of any of these things. Now, obviously, it had a huge impact what he was doing and the conversations, and it was consented conversations. It was the mm. outcome of these discrepancies that went through HR. My issue with it, is why is it six weeks before the Ashes and all of a sudden this is being bought out, the dirty washing that's not been washed in three years, and Cricket Australia go, oh, you know that whiter-than-white guy that we've got to come in? Uh, yeah, we're about to mm. throw him under the table. It's, um, yeah, that, that's the big, it's the, it's the kind of inconsistency of this one that's got me. Initially, it was hilarious, let's put it out there. When, it, when we first heard about it, it was hilarious. The fact that we have another, yet another Australian captain crying in a press conference 
<laughs> All men, men, real men cry, Rob. I've got no problem with that. But it was quite funny from an English cricket fan's perspective to see yet another Australian captain apologising to the cricketing public. Um, obviously, Tim Payne, we hope, wish him all the best. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't want yep. to, to pile on too much. But whatever he did in the past, he did in the past. Cricket Australia deemed it fine. Enough said, we don't need to do anything more. Probably because they were still dealing with a fallout of sandpaper gate, kicking Steve Smith to the curb, Warner being a, a numpty, and the other bloke, Cam Bancroft, um, basically saying they all did it, told me to do it. Yep. Um, so they didn't want any more fuss. They couldn't have got this, for want of a better term, whiter than white character. Is captain Tim Payne because he was really in there as a captain. He wasn't in there as, yeah. as anything else. I mean, how many you know how many centuries has he scored for a start? Sorry. Same as me. Same as me. <laughs> so they didn't want any more fuss. So at that point, it didn't matter whether it was appropriate or not, or whether they should have took action or not. They just didn't want to take action. That's my take on it. How it's come about is a completely different point to what they how they've handled it, and how they've handled it now with it coming out is probably how they should have handled it two years ago. Yeah. And then it's the old thing. If you don't have dirty laundry hidden away, then, you know, it's not going to pop up, is it? Six weeks before an Ashes series. Yeah. So maybe if they'd have dealt with this properly and not done a, you know, different different thing but similar, if they hadn't done a Yorkshire and just kind of completely just tried to hide things away and not address an issue and actually address it head on, you wouldn't have had this issue. Tim Payne might have been able to have done his apology it? tour. Yeah. yeah, we could have had the apology tour, couldn't we? He could have had six months off away from the game. Yeah. They've not played test cricket in two years. Yeah, he could have just sat around doing whatever he does, go for walks. I don't know. He wasn't what even Tim playing Test cricket much before he got the captaincy. That's the exactly. amazing thing. Exactly. Like, if if you sweep something under the carpet, hmm. I I don't clean very well. <laughs> Mrs. Yeah. is going to find it, and she's going to go, "You've not cleaned very well here," and it's all going to come out in the air. So, exactly. essentially, I th- I put it down on one. He's been an idiot. Um, yeah. Two. It's been handled poorly, and that's a concurrent theme that probably goes from every international cricket board with any yep. issue that ever goes off ever. It's generally not managed very well. Indeed, and that's the thing, isn't it? And uh, yeah, say it again, they didn't address it initially. So I have very little sympathy for the Australian setup. It does. I would really like to know exactly how this news was leaked. Yeah, um, where it came from, what the motivation was behind it. Um, it could have been some scally scamp in the British media, I don't know, trying to stir up some trouble. But I'd imagine more it's probably from the Australian media because their tabloids are probably as bad as our our yeah. rags over here as well, like the sun and stuff. So, um, yeah, when they get stuck in, they properly go, don't they? So if, if for some reason Tim Payne was uh, on the wrong side of some of those guys, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if they decided to get the studs up and um, take him down at the knee. Yep. So he was removed, officially removed from the squad. He resigned as captain on the 19th and on the 26th, he was replaced by Pat Cummings as the, yes. I think, the 47th. That's how Bola. they introduced him. They introduced him like he was the president of the United States. He's the 47th <laughs> captain of the men's Australian cricket test team. <laughs> did, he, did he try and do a bad Donald Trump impression? <laughs> I very much doubt it. I but what's your not. thoughts on that? You've got a bowl of as captain. That doesn't happen every day. I I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's I, I think bowlers are undermined in test cricket. For some reason, batsmen are the cerebral, intelligent, tactical geniuses. Yeah. And they can bat for two days in a row and then field and whatever, and it's all fine. Why can't a bowler do it? You know, when a yeah. bowler is in his spell, he's gonna be focusing a little bit more on what he's doing. But that's why you have other members in the team. If you've only got one captain in your 11, and yes, you can only have one captain, but you know what I'm saying. You yes. need other players in your team that are, are captain 
material or people that think about the game that can assess things. And you always want your little brain trust as well as a captain, don't matter if you're a batsman or a bowler. So you want people to be able to uh, give input. But there's no reason he can't do it. I just, yeah, there might be little things he's got to adapt. You know, he talks about warming up before the game when the toss is going on. Well, you know, that's fine. I think he said, yeah. I'll just get to the ground earlier. It's, it's fine. I captained for a while and I was predominantly a bowler. You know, you did the same. I used to open the bowling. So for the first half of the innings, you're bowling whilst you're trying to captain in the field. It, it's not that difficult. Maybe some people might think I made it difficult. I don't know at times, but but I didn't think it difficult. I think Pat Cummins is an exceptional player, yep. great bowler, and he seems like a good guy as yeah, well. He, he seems like exactly the sort of person Australia maybe should have gone for. They should have looked to the future after Steve Smith rather than just finding a stopgap. Um, with um, Cummings taking over as captain, though, they have sneakily snuck um, Steve Smith back into the hierarchy. He's back in as vice captain now. I wouldn't, when it all started coming out, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was their way of getting Smith back as the captain. Um, you know, yeah. tinfoil hat on. I, you might have even thought that somehow they were trying to maneuver him back in, and Tim Payne was just the the guy that could be sacrificed. But obviously, that's not quite so quite what's happened. But yeah, Pat Cummins, I think it's brilliant. I don't understand why more bowlers can't do it. Um, yeah, chuck him in. Do it. Yep. Love it. Can't wait to see it. Mm. I agree. Good good sort. Real good guy. Good I watched him on the, the Grey Cricket podcast the other day. Just a mm. just seemed a genuine sort of bloke. Easy going. An Aussie you can like. Yeah, very good at cricket as well. Um, <laughs> warrants his place in the team based on mm. performance, which is you know, generally a good thing for your captain, that there's going to be none of that pressure coming his way. And you know what? I'm actually all right with Stephen Smith being vice-captain because mm. if I'm Pat Cummins, I need another senior person yep. who's probably a batsman because, the you know, different camps, you'd ideally have someone in, mm. with experience. And where are you going to go? You're not going to give it to David Warner. You're not going to give it to Marnus <laughs> Labashane after Sorry. 15 test matches. You're not giving, going to give it to Marcus Harris, who, let me put this out there, averages less in test cricket than Keaton Jennings. <laughs> You're not going to give it to Travis Head, who only just got selected. And Cameron Green is is fresh who? as a daisy. And Alex Carey's who? making his debut. So, Sorry, that's going to that's going to hurt me, isn't it, by saying who, who about Cameron Green? Yeah, that, sorry. That, Just that line up a line up a line up a sentry at the gather. I apologise now. Sorry, mate. I am. I'm going to edit that, put it on Twitter, pin it, no, and go. No. It's all Rich's fault that Cameron Green smashed 200. <laughs> Only if he hits 200. <laughs> he has been known. He has been known. But yeah, I, you're absolutely right. When you look at this Australian side, it's a bit like an England side when we're looking at a captain. You turn around going, who the hell's going to be captain? It's yeah. almost like a default, isn't it? Okay, that guy's going to do it. You know, Root wasn't necessarily that the absolute obvious well he was the obvious choice but he wasn't in an ideal world he wasn't the obvious choice when he got the yeah. captaincy it wasn't probably the perfect time but yeah you're right you look through that team but there is some experience still there but smith is the guy lavishan apparently he was a little bit disappointed that he didn't get it he obviously threw his hat in the ring and if i'm in a test side and i've got a relatively inexperienced player um in lavishan i want him to be coming to me is as the coaches and hierarchy and saying i want the captaincy because that's the sort of characters and that's the sort of players i want in my team um yeah, Warner's always going to be there. He's going to keep doing what Warner does. But you need a Steve Smith. You need a Lavishan. And, you know, look at his bowling attack as well. You know, with Stark still in there, Hazelwood, and obviously Lyon knows his game. Good old Gary. He knows his game inside out. So there's some players in there, especially when he's in the field. And I think this is another reason why Cummins probably got it. He, there's not a lot of work to do with those bowlers. It's not a young, inexperienced bowling attack. Those bowlers, he can throw the ball to Stark and say, I want you to do this. Stark's going to do that. All right. You know, it's simple as that, isn't it? He can trust his players to execute the plans 
that they've drawn up beforehand um, and as they adapt through the game. Um, if it was an inexperienced attack and Cummins was the absolute spearhead, I would be more concerned. But it, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. We, it's too much of a big deal about stuff like this. It's He's a bowler. He's the captain. Bowling attack they had in 2017, mate. Exact. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. not changed an iota. So, so mm-hmm. they're ready for it. So, how do you how do yep. you want to attack this? Shall we Shall we start with the Australian starting eleven because they've yeah released their starting eleven. It's it's a very yes Australian thing to do. It's brash. It's bold. It's chest out. It's going. These are the 11 players a week out mm. that's going to go and beat you in a week, and there's not a lot you can go and do about it. Yeah, they. it is It is what they do. They're so confident. I'm surprised they didn't announce this team about three weeks ago, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's, let's go through it. And I'll rattle through the team, and then we'll pick some bits out as we want to go. So David Warner is going to open up with Marcus Harris. Um, we'll come on to him in a moment, I'm sure. Marnus Labashain at three. Steve Smith at four. Travis Head at five. Cam Green. Cameron Green. I've got some interesting information about him at the moment, you know, in shortly. So, you know, I have got respect for Cam Green. I know who he is. <laughs> um, Alex Tyson Carey, the wicketkeeper. Uh, then it's Pat Tyson. Cummins, the captain. Mitchell Stark, more of that later. Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon and Josh Hazelwood is your 11. Where do you want to start? Um, right. I'm going to start. So they had selection dilemmas. Mm. They needed to work out who was going to bat at number five. Was it going to be Travis Head or was it going to be... Usman Kawaja. Now, Travis Head has obviously had uh, Kawaja to be able to do this. Is it the right decision? Now, Kawaja gives tell. you experience. Yep. He gives you a lot of experience. He's high quality. He scored good quality runs against good teams all around the world. But Travis mm. Head is younger and provides him a little bit more excitement and has probably just done enough to keep his place in the squad. He's got a test match average of 39, which is absolutely fine. But it's amazing if he was English. <laughs> that is good. But the fact is he averages 27 in four test matches away from home, which was against England in England. But he averages 47 at home, mate. And I guess yeah. that's what it's coming down to. What, what's the environment you're playing in? What's your long-term goal? Okay, so this guy is good at batting in Australia. He's done mm. it time and time again. He's got 394 runs at 50 in Sheffield Shield. 61 average against pace in Sheffield Shield over the last four years as well. That's a guy Mm. in the middle order that's probably going to be facing a lot of English seam bowling. Mm. It just just feels like the right choice for number Mm. five for me. And I really, really rate Usman Khawaja. If the conversation was Marnus Labashang's injured at three, who bats three? Khawaja, Mm. every day of the week. But it's a different role at five. Yeah, no, I think it's a good shout, Travis Head. I, I, you know, that helps explain it, doesn't it? I'm sure it does for everybody. If there were question marks over why this bloke, Travis Head, is in over the probably more well-known Osman Kwaja. Yeah. Um, I've always liked Kwaja. Um, decent player. It, it's funny now, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, 10-11, he was a young pup coming into the team. I think, he, I'm not sure if he made his debut in that series, perhaps, or at least he was he was very early on in his career anyway. Yeah. Um, looked a nice player. I remember seeing him at the SCG. So, yeah, but Travis Head, he deserves his opportunity. He's got experience with English conditions. I'm not saying these are going to be exactly English conditions, but it's not going to be overly Australian conditions, and we'll come on to the conditions in a little bit. Um, your L chap friend that you were telling us about, you can talk about that in a minute, Rob. But yeah, Travis Head above Quads, that's a good one. Marcus Harris, he's got in the head. Will Pukowski was probably the guy in uh, pole position, wasn't he? But keeping you know keeping the, the conversation on Head, Travis Head, a little bit of a link. Um, yep, Pukowski... Keeps getting himself concussions, doesn't he? He's had a lot. We spoke about this before. Um, it's really disappointing, really upsetting for him that he's going to be missing out. And you know, we don't quite know what the future 
um, holds for him long term. So it's a real shame that we're not going to see the young, young talent of Pukowski, and he certainly is a talent. But Marcus Harris, who you'll know from his stints at Leicestershire, I want to say. Yep. Yeah, Leicestershire. So he's he's yep. done really well there. So that's he's got some experience, but he doesn't have the best record. He he doesn't, mate. He averages twenty three um, in the test ten test matches that he's played mm. between two thousand eighteen and two thousand twenty one. That's that's not great. He hasn't scored a mm. hundred. He's he's done okay in county cricket without setting the world alight. And this year in the Sheffield Shield, he's played two games and he's averaging thirty six. It's it's a slow for them, and but they've tried and chopped and changed so much. David Warner is obviously the guy. He averages forty eight over the last five year stint, which is fantastic. Mm. Triple century thrown into there, and he scored a hundred in grade cricket and celebrated like he'd won the World Cup. You know, it, on he's, he's having a good time of life. But over that time, they've tried Joe Burns, who averaged thirty five. Uh, Matt Renshaw, who averaged thirty three. They had Cameron Bancroft, who averaged twenty six. Keaton Jennings averaged 25 and Marcus Harris has averaged 23. So out of all these players, <laughs> he's at the bottom of that pile. So mm. it feels like such a, oh, you know what? Pekovsky's not fit to play. We need to mm. find someone that can come in, do a job. He generally plays seam bowling pretty well. Yeah. He, he's the guy. It feels like a little bit of a Carberry. You know, when uh, Carberry was in Australia yeah. a few years ago where he was really solid, he was gritty. He obviously, you know, good ability and all the rest of it, but he, he just was there just to get himself, get the 30-odd. You know, doesn't have to go and score big. You've got other players, the Warner, Labashan, Smith, etc. They're the ones that are going to be looking to score big. But just be there. Go and see the new ball off. It's almost a, an English selection, isn't it, as an opener? Yeah. When you look of the Sibleys and uh, others of this world. So, and, he, he, and I might be being unfair to him. He has done well in Sheffield Shield the previous years. Yeah. If you look at the last few years, he averaged 63 in 2020, 49 in 2019-20, and 70 in 2018-19. But because of those runs, he was given 10 test matches, mm. and he hasn't cashed in in those 10 test matches. So mm. it's, it's almost a, a, a funny situation where you're still going, he still mm. might be really good, Ten test matches in, we still don't know whether he's a test match player. Yeah, and and that gives an opening for England, doesn't it? Simple as that. If they can, you know, use that new ball, they can get stuck in. You you rip that partnership open. You get Labashan in early. Who knows? You then get Smith in early. Smith's always vulnerable as well, isn't he? So yeah. it's as simple as that. It's simple as that. So big question marks there for Australia at uh, or big decision, wasn't it? At two and five, but we've got them in there. Cameron Green. He's going to be in, coming in at six. Cameron Green, 22-year-old, Western Australian, all-rounder. He's played four tests, Rob. He debuted about a year ago against India. Top score of 84 so far for Australia. Pretty good, pretty good camp. Um, remains wicketless, if we're calling him an all-rounder. Uh, batting all-rounder, I'd probably suggest at the moment. Uh, March 20, uh, 2021, earlier this year, he did score his maiden double century in first-class cricket with 251 runs for Western Australia against Queensland. Yeah. Okay, so he can bat. His boy can bat. Um, he's someone that's been on the radar a little while. Um, I don't know much about him. I don't know much about him. He, he sounds like a nice lad. Cam Green, it sounds like, yeah, he sounds nice. He sounds yeah, like a good he, bloke. I wonder if he's related to Professor Green. Um jeez. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so- sorry, everybody. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's more appropriate for <laughs> oh, what's going on right now. The, the green back wall, if you're listening on the podcast, we've got the green back wall going on. <laughs> he scored 922 runs last year, Rich. And I think until he really kind of hit out last year, 
not many people knew about him. He averages 56 in first-class cricket over two, three seasons. Mm. That's cool. But he averaged 76 of those last year for the 10 games that he played. So he's really come Mm. to fruition. He's big. He's dominant. He's powerful. He's everything that the Aussies like in a middle-order player that can get stuck into people. Um, And I think they appreciate his bowling, but I'm not really appreciating his bowling as of yet. He's got 40 wickets in first-class cricket, an average of 33, which actually isn't too bad in Australia, given the wickets. You know, they might average 35, 36 against pace Mm. um, during a season at those grounds, which isn't bad. I'm yet to see him. And I I watched a Mm. bit of the Australia... Well, I did watch the Australia-India game, but it's a year ago, so it's quite hard to remember. (laughs) I watched him there and it didn't wow me. I just went, oh, okay, it's just a guy bowling in Australia. Um, Better better than a Mitchell Marsh, I think, might be a fair assumption. But Wow. Mitchell Marsh, I mean, World Cup hero, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, World Cup hero, Mitchell Marsh, part of the Australian A-team. But I'm I'm yet to see it. But what can you do? You've had four test matches... It took Ben oh. Stokes probably 20, 25 test matches till yep. we all went, oh, you know what? Genuine all-rounder now. He's good enough with bat and ball. It takes time. Yeah, absolutely. So coming in after Cam Green, we've got Alex Tyson Carey. Yes, that's correct. Alex Carey's middle name is Tyson, everybody. Tyson. <laughs> if, if I don't hear Josh Butler on the stump cam calling him Mike for the whole series... I'm going to be very annoyed, all right? Oh, Alex Carey gets the gloves. Maybe that's why he was always going to be a keeper. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay, Uh, Alex Carey, for those who don't know, 30-year-old, 2019, um, he spent a bit of time with Sussex in the T20 Vitality Blast and 2020 IPL with Delhi. So uh, it's worth knowing. Important part of the Aussie ODI side as well, captained earlier this year in the absence of Aaron Finch. So I think this is one of those long overdue test call-ups, but obviously the Tim Payne era, well, the second coming of Tim Payne. I don't even know what this Tim Payne era was, to be honest with you, this last one. Um, but yeah, he's now got his chance. I'd say long overdue. Uh, this is his test debut, am I right? Sorry, or yes, I missed test something? debut, mate. Okay, so it is long overdue. Uh, the other option would have been Josh Inglis, who apparently is a Yorkshireman. He's um, so that's probably That's probably why he wasn't picked. Um, damn Aussies. Um, not even picking Yorkshireman. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know who the... Yeah, Josh English, he, you know, another one. He had a really good uh, bit, of, bit of time in England this summer, didn't he? Um, yeah. He was outstanding in the Vitality T20 yeah. Blast, to give it his full name. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Tyson, um, Tyson Carey and Cam Green in that middle order. But yeah. big, big question marks. We spoke about Marcus Harris at the top. Travis Head hasn't established himself yet. Cam Green and Carey in that middle order. And then you're hitting your captain, aren't you? And then yeah. you're into the bowlers. So there are little points in this batting lineup that England will be targeting. And they will be yeah. saying that this is where we need to hit. Don't, don't, wouldn't surprise me if in that middle order we start, you know, the, 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 the main strike bowlers, whoever they may be in each game, probably go away and have a little bit of a sit in the, you know, sit on the grass for a while. And then when we start hitting that middle order again, they come firing again as if it's the start of the innings. Um, so it's, uh, there's a little bit of vulnerability there. but um, Who, Who's the most important player in that Australian lineup? Because you've got world-class three and four. But when I look at it, I go, David Warner's the most important player in that yeah. lineup. You can't have Labashain and Smith in, both in, after mm. three overs. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Warner has to has to be the guy, doesn't he? He has to step up. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling that England are going to get on top of him. Um I don't know why, but I just have a feeling. Um, I think Brody's had a pretty good record against him, hasn't he, over the years? He has. 
And it, I, we'll get on to the England side in a minute, but I think England are going to miss a trick if Broad doesn't play this first test. Yeah. Um, and there is, a, there is a real chance he doesn't. It all depends on conditions, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Warner is key. If we can get him down early, then he's under pressure. Yeah. Har- Harris is then under pressure. Labashan's under pressure. And Smith then has to be the guy to score the runs. Um, so, yeah, I think it is. But I think as well, I think because Cummins has now took the captaincy, I think people like Stark and Hazelwood, I think they are absolutely vital. Yeah, Maybe Cummins, it depends how he reacts to captaincy. Maybe he doesn't have the best ever series with the ball, as in he doesn't take 30 wickets or whatever ridiculous number we can think of. Maybe he needs Stark and Hazelwood to be the guys in this one. And Cummins will just quietly go about his business, very McGrath-like um, in, in the way he does play anyway. Um, but just the other guys pick up that little bit of slack that he might need. It might be that as the series goes on, he gets stronger in, in his own performances. It could be yeah. that he just loves the fact that he's captain and he steams in and takes a five for in the next three or four innings. Um, one thing but, one thing I really liked out of this Australian mm. lineup so far, or the voices coming out, you know, with the tweets mm. and the news and things, Mitchell Stark is bowling very fast and swinging it during net sessions. And you know why that is? Shane Warne is on the bandwagon of drop Mitchell Stark because he isn't he hasn't been very good in test cricket for a couple of years. He was very very poor against mm. India. Um but the fact is he averages 27 with the ball home and away. That is mm. world class. Well, big question then, how good is Jai Richardson? If, if, Jai if Mitchell Richardson, Stark, sorry, just quickly, Mitchell Stark is world-class performer. He's consistently done it year after year. Yes, he might not be having the best form, but this is an Ashes series at home. Jai Richardson better be bloody brilliant if you want to drop <laughs> Mitchell Stark. You, you make a good point, mate. Well, Jai Richardson has been world-class in Sheffield Shield cricket, mate. 23 wickets at 13 this year, 27 at 19 last year. <laughs> He's... He is blowing teams away. His first-class average with the ball is 21, which is mm. utterly ridiculous. He's played two test matches, picked up six wickets and averages 20. He's he's not bad. And his two test mm. matches came in Australia against a pretty poor Sri Lankan team, sure. Mm. But it appears he's very good at cricket. He's very good at bowling. I've watched him against... Uh, T20 cricket against New Zealand and I watched him in the Big Bash and I've been impressed with what I've seen when he's playing cricket and when he's bowling. Mm. I just don't think you can drop Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark, to me, is the the bowler that every team wishes they had because yeah. if he's on, he will blow away a top order, but he is incredible at blowing away the bottom order and cleaning up the last four wickets for not many. And people go, Great oh, the cheap wickets. They're hard wickets to get. England almost won Count the Ashes them. one year, and Brad mm. Haddon, every single time in the tail, would add another mm. 120, 130 down the bottom end of the innings. Yeah, yeah. Count the wickets in the book. They're still they're worth exactly the same as the top order. Yep. You still need to get them to win a game of cricket. So, yeah, it, it's such an important thing. Um, all well and good getting the top five every week, but somebody needs, still needs to get the bottom five. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm sure Jai Richardson is a talented player. I've got no problem or question. But when you've got a seam attack of Pat Cummins, uh, Mitch Stark and Josh Hazelwood. I don't know how you get in there. It's yeah. it's unfortunate position Jai Richardson's in at the moment. It's at times in England where we've had it, where we've been, you know, had an embarrassment of riches sometimes, haven't we, in the seam attack with Jimmy and Brody all these years. It means there is very, very little room. Chris Wokes has missed out so yeah. many times because of what was in front of him. You know, when Joffrey Archer was fit, that's your three seamers. How the hell do you get somebody else in there? Same same situation as there. So, look, if, if Warney wants Mitch Stark out, I'm going to probably say Mitch Stark should be playing. 
Um, you know, Warney was a great player. He loves to talk. He, he loves to show off his, uh, you know, probably what I could do with a little bit of. Um, you know, he's, he's regrow. But um, I'm not going to listen to too much about what he, what, what his selection yeah. uh, choices are. He's basically, I, I, I do like Warren. Don't get, get me wrong. But he's on a level with your, your Kevin Peterson's, Michael Vaughan's in my book that they just say a lot uh, <laughs> without really any of it being any good. So anyway. Um, two, two more points that. on the Aussie team, and <laughs> so, then we'll two more te- points on the Aussie team, and we'll move on. Nathan Lyon, one wicket to get to four hundred Test wickets. He's played one hundred oh, Test matches to get to oh. that. So that's three point nine nine wickets a Test. Wow. That's pretty exceptional for a spinner. Really good player, isn't he? We mock him a little bit, especially when he misses run outs, um, <laughs> symbols. Uh, but um, um, class- yeah, he's. What an absolute amazing career. We spoke about 10-11, the Ashes down under 10-11. We had Xavier Doherty. We had Michael Beer. We had, they were yeah. looking all over the place to try and find a spinner. We had Ashton Agar, who's still knocking around the scene, but he's not a test player as such. A lot of spinners. Nathan Lyon was in and out, in and out. I always remember that series as well, 10-11, thinking, why isn't Lyon playing? He's your best spinner. Just play him. Why are we going through all these, all these really ordinary players that you would love to have a net against? Um, when he was around. And he's shown what a great career he's had. So we will mock, we will take the mick out of all of these Australian players as we see fit. But we have a lot of respect for a lot of them. Some of them, maybe not so much. But Nathan yeah, Lyon, quality performer, great career. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. The other one, Steve Smith, 460 runs, which I think we can be assured he's probably going to get because he always seems to score mm. 600. That will take him to 8,000 test match runs, an average of over 60. Which is yeah. uh, just they're they're cheat code numbers, aren't they? There's not many yeah. players who have that sort of career over that period of time. Yeah. Do you know who's responsible potentially for Steve Smith going? I'm going to show the world how good I am. I'm going to say it's me. All right. <laughs> okay. It's a bold statement. Yeah. Reason I say that is again we're going to go we're going to go back to ten eleven. He got in the team as a bit of a spinner. He was a spinner before, wasn't he? Then that was, I think, the first series they put him in towards the end of that series. I think he was batting at six. And it was like, this is an embarrassment. Steve Smith batting at six for Australia. What on earth is this? Anyway, after we won the Ashes, let's just say that one more time. After we won the Ashes 3-1 in that series, (laughs) walking back to the SCG for a Sydney Swans game, AFL, and we're walking across, and Steve Smith's a little bit over the way in front of us, walking into the stadium with his mates, and me with my loud voice just decided to just say a few things quite loudly in general, not directed at anyone about how the this last time we was here, England was winning the Ashes and they had some bloke at six that weren't very good. Um, and then he went on and became the best player in the world. So, yeah, I feel it's, like it, that's motivation. Again, it's the Cameron Green thing. It is, <laughs> it's all down to you. Um, you didn't even hear me, <laughs> probably. But... I think the thing that needs to need state in, mate, is that he's played 77 <laughs> test matches and anyone else that has played 77 test matches yeah. Has not even got close to the amount of runs he's that he scored within those seventy-seven Test matches, mate. He's a an incredible player. He averages over sixty, yeah. twenty-seven centuries. He's a machine, and he does it everywhere. Yeah, he's not for the purist when you're watching him bat. He's not Ian Bell esque at no. the crease with his setup. But if you don't enjoy watching Steve Smith bat at least a little bit, I think you're a little bit dead inside, wandering around. <laughs> At the crease, he's all over the place, isn't he? He's Shiv Shandapal on on speed, isn't he? Uh, with how much he moves around. Yeah, he's um so, love. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. Oh, other thing, 
Ooh. He's averaging more since Sandpapergate than he was before Sandpapergate. So if I hear anyone go, Steve Smith isn't the same player, they're talking nonsense. He averages 63.85 after Sandpapergate, 61.37 before. Steve oh. Smith's still very good at playing cricket his own way. I think that's what we take from that. Steve Smith is still very good. Right, let's get on to the England team, Rob. We are nearly at the point of England team has been announced. Nearly. We're, we have a 12. We're close, aren't we? We're almost we there. Have, yeah, we have a 12 and they're going to wait for the toss. We'll get on to why they're waiting in a moment, but let's just go through the team. So we've got Rory Burns at the top of the order with Hasib Hamid. Come on, Hasib. Uh, David Milan at three. Joe Root, the captain, at four. We think Stokes at five. Uh, Ollie Pope's pipped Dan Lawrence, Johnny Bairstow, and shall we say he's pipped Zach Crawley as well? Yep. Yeah, go on then. We, he's pipped Zach Crawley as well to number six spot. Joss Butler will take the gloves at number seven. Chris Wokes is in at number eight. Agreed? I think he will be. I think he will be. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, is that right? Then Wood, and then I think it's two from Broad, Robinson, Leach. But I think Robinson yes. is, is basically getting the nod, and then it's going to be either Broad or Leach rounding out yes. that 11. Yeah. I think they want Wokes because Wokes is your, is your number eight. I And he's a pretty good bowler. I do agree. I think that's what they're doing. I actually made my 11 before it, and I had the same dilemma going, do I play Leach? Or do I play Robinson Broad um, yeah. or Robinson Broad or Leach? Basically, all coming down to that last position. I think it's, you look at the top seven, especially, I think that's the best seven we could put on a field at the moment. I agree. With that yeah. batting lineup. It might not be world class. We might have holes, but it does feel the strongest batting lineup that we've got in the country yeah. at the moment. Some people may disagree. You're more than entitled to. I think Josh Butler should be the wicketkeeper. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yep. I think Ollie Pope should be in over Johnny Bairstow. Ollie Pope plays Agreed. fast bowling really well. He averages yep. over 100 at the Oval. He scored 1,000 runs in grade cricket in Australia, age 18, for Campbelltown, where MacArthur FC go and play their football. He's, he's good. And I feel this sort of wicket could be the making of him. He plays pace yep. bowling very well. He doesn't play spin bowling as well. So if he can work out how to score runs or survive against Nathan Lyon, it's going to be a really good series for him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about Pope. I, you, I'm going to say it again. Last time, right? This is my last time I'm able to mention the 10-11 Ashes. Ian Bell was sensational in that series. But that yeah. was kind of the series that really, you know, threw him into the, the, the top echelons of world cricket. It was the, the way he played in the warm-up games and then he just kept going, didn't he? Um, he found a way to be really successful against the against the seam bowlers in Australia. I think Pope's got just the same technical abilities. I think he's going to do just as well, maybe not quite as well, but I think he's going to have a really, really successful series. It's great that Stokes is back in there. We hope, we hope, we hope that he's he's fully fit, he's ready to go. I think the ability he's got, he needed that rest. That was more important than him being cricket yeah. ready. I think he's probably had enough time in nets and warm-ups now where he is absolutely ready to go. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Big question marks, Burns, Hamid, Milan. That's the key, isn't it? Those that yeah. top three. I think Hamid will play well in these conditions. I keep, I've keep i heard a few things when they were first talking about this uh, this series about the bouncing ball and this, that and the other on the page. I think he plays well short, yeah. on the short ball. I think he likes it coming on to me. He wants to cut. Uh, I think he wants to pull. Um, I think there'll, there'll be more scoring opportunities for Hamid in these conditions, as opposed to English conditions, where he can get himself a little bit bogged down um, yeah. if the ball's not there. He likes to drive, but it's not his go-to. I think he's a he's a big fan of just, you know, 
feeling his weight back and cutting. Um, so I, I think he's going to be better. Burns, I hope, I hope, I think since Burns has been partnered with Hamid, I think he's looked a much better player. Yeah. I think the hand breaks off a little bit with him. I think he was probably bogged down a bit too much with Sibley. No disrespect to Sibley. But Milan is a big key there as well. Um, we shall see in that position. Um, I don't know what the alternative is at three if Milan doesn't perform. I don't even know what the option is in his opener if uh, if the openers don't perform. In all, in all <laughs> is that Crawley? I think England, you know, you know Australia's got this thing, they want Pekowski mm. to be opening in. England yeah. want Zach Crawley to be opening. He's just not quite there yet. And you You're know it's probably not wrong. Yeah, he yeah. might get thrown into this series at some stage. Yeah. I mean he's never played Ashes cricket, so it's it's gonna be yeah. interesting to see how he goes. Because that first ball we mm. came back against Australia, it might have been first ball, got cleaned up by one that was full and straight and just wasn't quite yeah. switched on. And then we saw that Burns Hamid yeah. uh, relationship and chemistry yeah. grow, and they yeah. they rotated the strike really well. Yeah. If you can do that in really Australia, good. you're you're mm. creating a really good environment, especially left right hand mm. combinations. Yeah, superb. David Milan, critical. He averaged yeah. forty two, three hundred and eighty three runs the last time they played an Ashes mm. series down under, and was one of the bright spots of the whole series. Maybe tailed away a little bit towards the end when they worked out just bowled near the top of off stump, and he'll nick off every single time. Mm. But he started. <laughs> Really, really well. And if they can take some of that new ball, you're giving Joe Root, who's one of the finest players of spin bowling in world cricket, and I won't have anyone say anything different. He's hmm. incredible. Giving him a platform where he's not facing the new ball. And I hmm. guess we are critical of Dominic Sibley and how it was, but the one thing you can say for Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns, more than what it was previously, was... Joe Root wasn't coming in in the third over of the innings, mm. and that's probably what's enabled him to have such an incredible yeah. uh, 2021, scoring 1,400 um, or 1,500 runs. One question on Ben Stokes. So Stokes mm-hmm. hasn't played cricket, like you're saying. You go, yeah, it's not going to affect him. He's, he's, he is a big game mm. player. He loves moments. He loved the one-day mm. International World Cup. It's all eyes on me, chest out, I'm going to lead us to victory. Ashes 2019, all eyes on me, I'm going to lead us to victory. Mm. Is that... The English owners really hoping that he can just turn up in Australia where his record in um, Australia is only four test matches and he averages mm. 34 with one century, a bowling average of 32. They're respectable numbers, but they're not, I'm going to win you a series numbers. Is it more hope than logic that he can go and do that? I think it has to be. I think all you can base it on is hope. From a player that's missed this much cricket, recently that he's not actually been he's not strapped his whites on or any colored clothing to go and play cricket in the last nearly year is it you know give or take it has to be hope as simple as that but i think we've got enough faith in who he is as a person who he is as a competitor who he is as a player technically mentally all those things and i think mentally he needed the break he's had such a roller coaster of a year or two you know his dad's illness um, he, he had other things in his background before that um he had some media stuff that came out didn't they over you know involved his mum and stuff yeah. just you know the way we we handle our players our star players or players that we rest our hopes on in this country and some of the media is nothing short of disgraceful and australia is similar they've got a similar yeah. atmosphere over there with some of their papers, especially the um, the the Brisbane or whatever the Queensland uh, papers, well, that's always a bit of a rag, I'm sure. But uh, I might be wrong; I might have got them confused. But yeah, Stokes as a player, I think he needed that break, and that was way more yeah. important. You know yourself after you've played cricket for a number of years, you can rock up. You know, you miss your first few weeks of nets, and you rock up, and you nine times out of ten, your first ball's on a length. 
you know, it's not like you're learning the game of cricket every time yeah. you turn up after you've missed a few weeks or you've missed a few months of cricket. It just, it's there. It's muscle memory. Yeah. We did it on a weekend. These guys do it every day of their life, just yeah. about. You know, it's yeah. muscle memory. He's had a break. He's refreshed. He's ready to go. He's ready to go and prove to the world that he's ready to go. Um, I hope this is how it goes. I mean, the, the obviously you... the worst case scenario, sorry, the, I'll just quickly say the worst yeah. case scenario is actually he gets into this atmosphere and he realizes he's not ready. Yeah, that's the worst. But I don't think that will be the case. I think he will be ready to go and he will have a very impactful series. Yeah. Are you worried that Burns, Hamid, Pope, Butler, four of the top seven have never played mm. in Australia? Yes and no. I assume, I mean, I don't know exactly what experience they've had but scratching through, but they have played in Australia, uh, but just not in test matches. Yeah. So that they, they understand to a level. I think the big, big thing will be first day at the Gabba, yeah. especially if we're in the field, just understanding what that means. What yeah. you know, you're fielding on the boundary, understand what that's going to mean for you because you're going <laughs> to get everything. You're, you're, you know, every single relative or ancestor is going to get some criticism from that crowd, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be very, <laughs> very dark, some of that stuff. So you need to, you know, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of an eye opener. Um, Butler has said that he's going to play with a more um, no fear approach, yeah. and that is the Joss Butler we need. We are, we don't we don't need Joss Butler trying to be a Test match player. Joss Butler, we need Joss Butler to be a Test match. Player. Just play, yeah. come in as a wicketkeeper and play, play how you play. I want to see him scooping. I want to see him get the hockey shots out. Yeah. Do whatever you do to be Joss Butler, and you will win as games of cricket. If he tries to be the Test match version. I, I do worry for him in Australia. Um, but yes, he, again, it has to be a worry. But we're here. What, what can we do? You know, we don't have a free Ashes series to prepare players for an Ashes series. So yeah. it comes That's around it. once every few years. You've got to play, haven't you? If you're picked, go and do it. Go and prove yourself. Some, yeah, it's a privilege. Robert Key, I was listening to him and he's like, it's the pinnacle of any Englishman's yeah. career is to play the Ashes down under mm. and, and go get stuck in. What, what do you make of Jimmy Anderson being... So this was alarming. Oh, Jimmy Anderson's injured. Oh, Initially. no, no, we're screwed. Oh, no, it's all right. He's being rested. <laughs> yeah. Oof, well, it, there's a lot of news that's come out in the last 24, 48 hours. And obviously one of the big ones, and we'll go through the schedule just before we finish in a moment, but Western Australia, Perth, is not having a test. It was the fifth test. Initially, it was said that MCG are very keen. I think the broadcasters are very keen on MCG getting the fifth test. Hobart, they missed out on a test match against Afghanistan. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of support for them getting the fifth and final test. I'm not sure I can see a decider of the Ashes, no disrespect to Tasmania, but going down to the um, thingy oval in, in Hobart. Um, it doesn't quite feel like the right environment for it. I think if they could have got them into like a third test, maybe it would have made more sense. But coming back onto it, second test, Adelaide is a day-nighter pink ball. Jimmy is getting ready for the pink ball. He wants to hoop it. They are worried. The Aussies are worried about the pink ball. It's going to swing more. It's going to be. It's going to cancel out some of that Australian home field advantage. Sydney and the SCG have put their hat in the ring now as well for that fifth test. They've said that they want a day nighter with a pink ball. They think that that's what will work. So they're going to have the fourth test, a normal red ball, eleven o'clock start or whatever it is over in Australia, and then they've said let us let us go back to back. Let us go, but we yeah. want a day nighter. That's what the Sydney population, the New South Wales population, will will, will buy into. If there is a second pink ball test, Jimmy Anderson is locked in for those two. Simple no, as that. I, I can't see them ever agreeing. I was looking I through can't. this and I was looking 
where's where's the, where's this test match going to be? And I was looking where the worst averages of pace bowling is <laughs> over over the last few years, uh, over the last five years. And Sydney, the pace bowlers average forty one. I'm like, well, it's going to be in Sydney. They, they're going to yeah. put it in Sydney because if it, there's anything iota of I'm channeling it, it's the SCG mug. Oh, the SCG, SCG plastic cups. Whoa, um, I, like that. I like that. Vintage. Bring it. He's, he's in. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel it's the right decision because Jimmy averages 72 at the Gabba. He averages 27 at the SCG, MCG and uh, Adelaide put together. So save him for the test matches where he's, he's you know, how many test matches mm. Jimmy Anderson played in Australia? 18 test matches. You know where he's going to do well. You don't know yes. where he's going to do well. Yeah. It's the yeah. right decision. And Stuart yeah. Broad averages 24 with 12 wickets at the Gabba. If we go in and we don't pick Stuart Broad for the first day of the Ashes, where he's got David Warner still in his back pocket, still got him on speed dial, and David Warner's tweeted over the last year watching Stuart Broad bowl round the wicket and get a left-hander out going, I'm having nightmares. (laughs) That will be one of the worst decisions we've, we've made since Nasser Hussain lost the toss. Fact. Yes. Straight up fact. I would be, I mean, Gabba, first off, get the big boys in. So, Ollie Robinson, he's a good shout to play there. Wokes, I can understand why you want him in the team, because you want him at eight. And this is the problem with English cricket. They will always want a, bat, a bowler that can bat in that yeah. four. Simple yeah. as that. I'm not saying Wokes doesn't deserve to be in there, because Wokes has been a quality quality performer. And he is basically Jimmy Anderson's replacement. As simple as that. Going down the line, when Jimmy finally, if he ever, retires, then... Wokes is his replacement. Um, would I suppose they want that pace, want the extra pace, but that maybe is the one that concerns me a little bit. I might, I mean, I suppose you know, this, these are the conversations that would have been going on, isn't it? Broad and Robinson are they too similar? If you didn't go with Wood, is Broad and Anderson too similar? Sorry, Broad and Robinson too similar to have as well. You've got Wokes who, who plays the Anderson role, and you've got Wood who's the slightly different type of bowler, so maybe that's why. But the fact, you know, we, we, we're at a world now where Robinson is ahead of Broad going into the first test at the Gabba when Broad, as you said, owns David Warner. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a concern. I will always pick Stuart Broad for the big occasion. Yeah. Uh, and this, it doesn't get much bigger than this. You can't game. do Stuart um, Broad without going. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, that was probably my last, last time I was sat at a stadium watching cricket. Against Australia, oh. England, Australia was at Trent Bridge that day when you kindly let me have those tickets, mate. And I saw Stuart Broad roll through that Australian team. I've never seen such a shell shocked bunch of Australian fans as you walking around Trent love Bridge. It. it was hilarious. Beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um, there's talk of England not playing a spinner, and I don't know how serious that talk is. Uh, there, there are trains of thoughts that mm. <laughs> the Gabba. The Gabba over the last five years, seam bowlers average 27, spinners average 50. Yep. That's that's the okay. conversation. Is this the England weather? team better for having, and the way I look mm. at this, is it better for having the extra seamer, either a broad or a Mark Wood, who's a mm. difference maker, pace difference maker, enforcer, mm. um, or are they better for having a little bit of Jack Leach thrown in, bowling some left arm? I mean, first and foremost, it all depends on the conditions, and it depends on looking into a crystal ball and finding out if Australia are 300 for three. Because yeah. if they are, we need a spinner. 
But if we don't <laughs> let them get 303, we need the we need the seamers bowl them out. Um, yeah. You you were speaking about there's been a lot of rain in Queensland. Um, <laughs> shock. Um, <laughs> but this uh, you know an extremely wet one. And as you made the brilliant point that 1011 was a very wet year. The conditions are similar. What's the L? Not El Nino. L. La 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 Nina, la la Nina, la 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 Nina, la the twelfth man, twelfth lady uh, for this England team potentially. Yeah, lot of, so it's going to be a bit of a green top uh, potentially. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the Caraders at the Gabba have been able to get on there and give it a good trim and give it a good, uh, you know, turn it into a dust bowl. So it all depends on how they have prepared that track. Is it going to be, you know, when they, when they take the covers back? In the morning, is it Jack Leach that Joe Root looks at and goes, yeah, I need you? Or does yeah. he look at that track and go, ooh, win the toss. Yeah. If I win the toss. He might even wait until the toss has actually been made before he says <laughs> who's going to play. We're bowling first. Brody is in. We're not going with a seamer. A spinner, yeah. sorry. Yeah, could well be. And Lanina, we was talking before we came on air. Last time that was around was 2010, 2011. Mm. But irrelevant of weather... The way you win cricket in Australia, one, you do need to take 20 wickets, but you've got to score runs. And this England yeah. top seven has got to take ownership. In England, if you score 250, you still win a test match. You will not win test cricket in Australia if you score 250. You have to cash in. There's a reason um, the Australian the Australian wickets are ridiculous. The 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 average, if you look at like an English county mm. ground and test matches being played, you'll see averages at those pitches are like 30, 31, 29, 27. Mm. Here, you got the Gabba, 32, but 50 against spin. Mm. You go down to the Sydney cricket ground, 41 average against pace over the last five years and 50 against spin. People are scoring a lot of runs. If you're not capable of mm. scoring a lot of runs, you're negating one third of the game that's very important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, key player. I mean, we, we haven't really spoke about him yet, but Joe Root is absolutely, yeah. you know, breaking news. Who would have thought it? Joe Root is key, is absolutely key. He could he could carry this team on his back. If he goes and scores himself 600, 700 runs, has an Alistair Cook-esque series, we could win this series. It's simple as that. It is yeah. all about Joe Root. We will talk about Burns. We'll talk about Hamid Milan. Pope, the question mark, Stokes coming back, the bowler, blah, blah. But Root, although we don't talk about him enough, it is Joe Root. It is all about Joe Root. As a captain, he's got to be on it. We spoke about Cummins as a captain. Root has got to win that battle first, but he has to go and score a lot of runs. And I don't want him to have to score runs because others aren't, but he still needs to go and score. It's like you said, you know, you need to score a lot of runs. Root can go and get himself six, seven hundred runs in this series, but it's still we still need Burns, Hamid, Milan, and others to have a successful series as well. If we're going to get anywhere near it, we you know yeah, we don't want a series right. where Root is exceptional. And he gets player of the competition, player of the series for England, but England lose five nil. Yeah, we'll get on to predictions <laughs> just after this point. Joe Root fourteen hundred and fifty five runs on the calendar year so far, six centuries, joint first as a as an English batsman level with Michael mm. Vaughan. Let's make an assumption. He scores 300 runs in this series and 50 runs, 350. He will mm-hmm. become the owner of the most runs in a calendar year, overtaking Mohammed Yusuf's incredible 2016, wow. where he scored nine centuries and 350s 
in 11 test matches. Joe Root has already played 12 test matches. That's how good Mohamed Yusuf yeah. was at his pomp. Ridiculous, mate. And he's got every chance, hasn't he? We, let's get on to the schedule very quickly as well. We have three test matches for him to do that in this year, this calendar year. So True. this test, yeah. we are on the eve. The Gabba, by the time we go to bed, well, not go to bed in England, it's going to be the test match. By the time you blokes wake up over there, it's going to be the test match. Uh, so basically, the Gabba is the first test that starts, finishes on the 12th. Uh, second test is over at the Adelaide Oval. Day night, as we said, pink ball. Then we're at the G, Boxing Day at the MCG, the gorgeous Melbourne cricket ground. Um, and then, a little bit later than usual, the fourth test is starts on the 5th of January. So we're into the new year. So if Joe Root hasn't scored his runs by then, he's not scoring them. Um, 5th to the 9th uh, of January, as we said, at the SCG, the new year test match. And then we have the 14th to the 18th, a little bit later than usual again. Fifth mm. test, usually round out of the SCG. So that's why the SCG wants this test as well. Um yeah, who knows where that one's going to be, but we'll, we should find out, I'd imagine, in the next next few days or so, unless the Australians want to keep it, uh, see how they're getting on first before they decide where to play it. If I was them, I'd, I'd wait wait until the first <laughs> couple of test matches are down, mate, have a couple mm. of options on the table and yeah. um, make a decision based on how well you're doing. If you're looking like you're going to romp the series, mm. go for a big sellout at one of the big arenas. But if you need mm. to make a decision based on having to win a test match, work it out from there and make sure it's not at Adelaide. And uh, uh, the Gabba was all right till the Indians turned up. Yeah, yeah. yeah they got a little, little bit of nightmare there now for them, isn't it? It's not quite their um, their stamping ground as it used to be. So, hey, just just bring it up. I'm so ready for this. It's ridiculous. I don't want, I'm just going to have a sleep today, I think, and then just get ready for midnight. Um, shall we do a prediction? You know, should we do a... Mate. Oh, so, mate, 5-0. Five, 5-0 five nil, Australia, five mate. 5 I was listening to Ed Cowan talk about the whole 5 nil thing, and it's so ingrained into the culture. It's it's absolutely brilliant. And he was right, like, yeah. what's the score going to be? He's like, 5 nil. But you've got to <laughs> deadpan it. You've really got to deadpan it. I did see Mitchell Johnson said 3-2 as well, which was quite Whoa. level-headed response and also quite optimistic considering it's going to rain for five days in Brisbane. <laughs> Mitchell Johnson, as a player, we had so much fun with him. But... I really like Mitchell Johnson. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that a few years ago. But I really yeah. like Mitchell Johnson. He, um, he scared me. Watching him bowl 2013 on TV, he yeah. scared me how, how good he was. That was terrifying. They're the sort of moments, aren't they, where you go, yeah, I could never have played this cricket. No, that would... That <laughs> not, would not even if I'd worked every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would have hit me or just got me out first ball. Like I would have been going off first ball in an ambulance or stumps cartwheeled. Like, oh, oh yeah, I would have been... I probably anyway. would have. I probably would have let out a little squeal. <laughs> the, the stump cam probably would have heard me go <laughs> as the ball went past. That would have gone viral. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Scores, Rob. I'll let you go first. Predictions, then, guys. So, if, if you're watching on YouTube, we've got about eight guys in the room. Let us know in the comments or in the chat mm. if you're watching live what you think. We're going for mm. series winner and score most runs for England and most runs for Australia, most wickets for England, most oh, runs uh, wickets for Australia. Player of the series for both teams and the breakout star. Rich, we are going with the... I'm going to save the series results till last because that's okay. the biggie. We're going to yep. start off England, most runs. Root. Joe Root, same. Most yep. runs, Australia. <gasps> Labishan. Ooh, I put Marnus down as well. And I thought I was being a bit Ooh. clever putting Marnus because... Does that mean Smith I'm being clever? Just yeah, we're both being clever. Steve Smith just scores <laughs> runs for fun. Um, mm. Most wickets, England. Ollie Robinson. 
Same. What's going on here? We never agree on these things. <laughs> you probably won't even get a game at Brisbane, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you watch now, yeah. yeah. Um, most wickets, Australia. Pat Cummins. Mm. <laughs> You've never said that. I was I've, trying I've to do got it reverse. all written down. Um, I was trying to do the reverse of that one as well, thinking captaincy is going to be difficult, but actually he's just going to be lifted up with that, uh, with that captaincy. I know there's going to be one that's going to be different. Player of the series, England. Player of the series. It's got to be Root, I think. If, if, if England do well and win this, I think Root has got to be the player of the series. Yep. Same. Uh, player of the series, Australia. I mean, it's one of those two I've just said, isn't it? I, I, how can it be one of the others? Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 so that's a tricky one, that is. I'm probably going to say they'll go with a bat. If they win it, I think they're going to have to score a lot of runs as well. So I'm going to go Labashan as well. Okay. I went Pat Cummins. I feel it's a bowler's yep. time, and I feel like he's actually okay. going to win them a couple of test matches. Breakout yeah. star, both teams. Of breakout the star for England. Ooh, I mean breakout. Yeah, I think Hamid. I was going to say Pope. I think Pope's yep. probably what I would be more sensible with. My head would say Pope, but my heart is saying Hasib Hamid. I am so invested in Hasib Hamid. I want him to do so well that he is going to be my absolute just everything. It's going to be like watching your kid bat. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like just sat there going, please don't get out. Please don't get out. So, yeah, Hamid for me. Awesome. I'm, I've gone with Ollie Pope. Obvious yep. reasons. Everything I said earlier. Thousand runs, great cricket over there. Good guy. Yep. Uh, breakout star Australia. I guarantee we've got different people on this. Well, like, this is a tricky one because there's not that many that are potential for breakouts. They've even broken out. Um, or they're uh, they're very you know they are established, aren't they? I mean, who is it? Cam Green, Travis Head, Tyson, Carey, Harris, Harris, Green, Harris, Green, Carey, Head. Uh, breakout star. I'm going to go left field. I'm going to say there's going to be a, a, an injury. Josh Hazelwood's going to maybe like pull a calf or something. I don't want him to. I'm just just saying. And Jai Richardson could be the breakout star. You have got to be kidding me. That's the no. one. I was like, no. there is no way you're going to pick the same as me. You can't pick Jai Richardson. He's not even in the starting eleven. All right, Nathan Nathan Lyon pulls a hammy then, and it's a, it's Swepson. He's the uh, spinner, isn't he? That's that's insane. That's I don't insane. Know. <laughs> Finally, the big we one. Have, we have not seen what each of us has written there. Actually, that's, I've not written anything, so that's why. That's unbelievable, Jeff. Um, <laughs> series winner and score. Three one. Lenina's come back. Lenina was last there in ten eleven. It's three one. Three one. Yeah, I'm Alistair going to cook series. I take it you're saying England winning as well there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Lenina's on our side. Sorry. I'm going two two. Two two. Nice. Two, Richard two. Benno's scoreline. Australia retain, but England. Play well. The winner, Adelaide, and they're going to win on Boxing Day as well. Oh, really? Yeah, they really? are. It, does, it doesn't happen, but they're going to go and win on Boxing Day. Who are England or Australia? England. England. It's not the first time that other year that we can't mention anymore. <laughs> 10 11. I've not spoken about it. 10, enough. 11. I, yes. It's funny, you can, you can remember moments in your life and things like that. Mm. Obviously, you were there. I can mm. remember pretty much that whole series, every single night, sat on my sofa, uh, wagging around our mate, drinking mm. coffee and eating pizza, going, yeah, I'm balking. I'm eating pizza at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Put on a stack trying to, of weight. And felt trying, to spot, trying to spot me in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, um, 
Can I just quickly say that that MCG, this is how much of an English um, fan base there is. Yes, we've not got the touring, but we still got the expats. I, I went from my auntie's about three hours away that morning on Boxing Day morning, south about 6am to drive to Melbourne. Got one speeding ticket, probably should have had about 10. Got there <laughs> just after, after we dropped the car off. Walking into the stadium, you've never heard such a massive cheer. Didn't know who was batting, didn't know who was bowling. Massive cheer. We just went, oh, damn it. That must mean Cook's out. Yeah. No, that was an Australian wicket. That was uh, England taking a wicket. We bowled him out for 98 on the first day of the Boxing Day Test match. That is probably that that probably is the greatest day of Test cricket I've seen. Trent Bridge a few years ago, we've already got eight for was incredible. But Boxing Day, Christmas hats, 100,000 people in the G, taking all that was just incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. That was the one for me. But that shows you how many English fans are going to be in these stadiums. Forget about the travelling Barmy Army. There's still going to be plenty in there. Yeah, I was talking to a guy in Sydney last week and I went, where's your accent from? Sounds familiar. He's like, I'm, f- I'm from Grantham. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you like cricket? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I used to play for Grantham. I'm, go- I'm going to the cricket when it's out here. I was like, oh, <laughs> enjoy, mate. Brilliant. We're not allowed to leave yeah. the country still. <laughs> Gutted. Of all the times <laughs> to be in New Zealand, but you're still not allowed to go to the Ashes series. Wounded. Exactly, exactly. But we've got England coming awesome. out here. I think 2023, yeah. so that's something Fids. to look forward to. Did say hello, Matt Fids. How are we doing, boy? Fids is in the house. What a legend. Mm. Rolling back the mm. years. Um, mm. So, yeah, good times, mate. It's always, mm. always Christmas come early. The Ashes down in Australia is something special that is ingrained into English culture, and English cricket fans put themselves through some ridiculous hardship just to watch the first <laughs> ball go to slip or a batting collapse <laughs> or KP get out for 94, practically the first over of the the morning that you've woken up for when he could have got 100. You know, there's mm. so many amazing moments that's gone over there. Mm. Or Michael Slater hitting the first ball of the series for four from a long up from Philip Defray. It goes back. <laughs> that's 1994. It just keeps going back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So many iconic moments, and there will no doubt be iconic moments in this series as well. Just bring it on, mate. Ready for it. Let's go. Bring it on. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Subscribe if you are brand new around here. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. We will be back for a review of the first test match and hopefully an England win in five days. We'll see you then.